Welcome to Stand Out in ELT. I'm Ola Kowalska and I'm the host of this extraordinary podcast. I wanted to bring you a platform where you hear from myself and other amazing and inspiring people who have created their success and stand out in ELT. People say that English language teaching is a saturated market, so it's absolutely crucial that you know how to stand out. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. And I'm going to inspire you to take action. So, welcome to this space. And I can't wait for you to stand out and build your legacy in ELT. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Stand Out in ELT. Uh, you'll be very excited to hear who's my guest today. Oh my God, I'm very excited about this episode because um, I've been following my guest for years and I absolutely admire her work. So please welcome to my podcast, Joe Gakonga. Hello, Joe. Hi, hi, Ola. Thanks very much for having me and for that very enthusiastic welcome. <laughs> yes, that's me. That's me in a nutshell. Um, Joe, so I'm I'm pretty sure that most people who are listening to this know you, but would you mind introducing yourself briefly? I wouldn't mind introducing myself at all. I think I'm always surprised if people do know me, actually. So it's it's quite nice that I think they would. Um, I so my name is Joe Conga. I run a website called elttraining.com, and I'm currently freelance. That's currently my my job. Until fairly recently, I worked at Warwick University as a senior teaching fellow, which sounds like a fairly impressive title. <laughs> uh, basically means that I, I co-worked on the MA TESOL there. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I taught ESOL in uh, a college of further education for quite a long time, about 13 years. And before that, I was teaching in private language schools in all sorts of different countries overseas. So, so that's, that's my background and that's who I am. Lovely. And I also know you as a CELTA assessor and you do some CELTA training still or do you not? Yeah, no, absolutely. So CELTA has been a really big part of my life for quite a long time, about 20 years. Um, I became uh, a CELTA assessor, uh, sorry, CELTA trainer 20 years ago. Wow. um, And then an assessor about seven or eight years ago. And then a bit later on, a joint chief assessor, which means that I am one of 12 people who, who, nominally kind of look after some centres and go in to do award meetings and check other assessors reports and that kind of thing so yeah and I do still train you have to do a course every two years otherwise you lose your your status so I'm quite careful to maintain that so the last course I did was an online course with some fantastic Iranian teachers and that finished just a couple of months ago yeah that's so good Oh, lovely. And obviously, teacher training is a big part of your job, but it all it initially started with teaching. So what was like at the very beginning of your um, teaching career, what drawn you to, uh, to, to teaching? Well, it was, I wasn't really particularly drawn to teaching at all, I have to say. I, I, it wasn't, wasn't like a, a vocation or something that, you know, I said at my mother's knee, I want to be a teacher. In fact, I used to say, I want to be a hairdresser. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was very young. And um, yeah, I did science A-levels and a, and a degree in agriculture. So my background wasn't kind of particularly <laughs> 
motivated towards towards teaching at all and then I went traveling um, as you do and I was backpacking through New Zealand and Australia and in Southeast Asia and when I got to Indonesia which was my first port of call in Asia I just fell in love with it I was so completely bowled over by the culture and the food and the people and the, the otherness of it I just loved it um and I didn't so you know and, and that was sort of true for, for Southeast Asia which is a lovely place to travel I have to say well, it was at that time and I enjoyed it and um I didn't want to leave but I was running out of money um and so I thought well what am I going to do and I thought well maybe I'll have to go back to the UK and work for a few months and get some money and then come back and then somebody just coincidentally said oh well you can you can go to Japan or to Taiwan and, and teach English and I said well I know absolutely nothing about teaching English I have a degree in agriculture and he said oh it'll be fine well I mean I I have to say that I wouldn't necessarily recommend that as an option and I think probably that some of my students at the time might have suffered through me learning to teach as they were learning to learn or learning English um, but I was very lucky I went to Taiwan um, because the options really were Taiwan or Japan to earn any money and I didn't think I could afford Japan I really had no money at all when I got there um, but I got a job I was actually I was looking back on it I was so lucky mm -hmm. because I got a job in a school where it was actually very supportive and there were quite a few people it was a school it was a franchise there were six schools in Taipei I was working in predominantly in one of them um, and they they employed all <laughs> unqualified teachers there was one guy in the school who had CELTA and we all thought he was God. You know? oh, <laughs> um, he had a basic <laughs> qualification, I now think. But uh, but they employed a somebody who was more experienced to be in the staff room for, you know, I can't remember how long it was now, but it felt like a reasonable time, an hour or two, before each lesson. And their job specifically was to help people to prepare. Mm. So it wasn't like you were necessarily getting you know taking somebody else's time or bothering anybody somebody was specifically there to help you and they also had um really paint by numbers lesson plans which you could follow but they you didn't have to follow mm. so if you wanted to you could just do what it said in the book but if you wanted to do something else within those aims then you were they were perfectly happy for you to to do that so in lots of ways, it was a really ideal way to learn mm. the craft. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I worked there for six months and I came back to the UK and did a, a cert course. And then I went back to Taiwan for another year. Um, yeah. So that's how I started. Wow. It's so interesting to hear. And you're not the first person who says that initially teaching didn't really appeal to you, but then something happened. And you yeah. absolutely fell in love with in love with it. Yeah. That's I think what happened to me as well. I right. wasn't planning to be a teacher, um, but yeah, there is something about it. Maybe it's something that you discover about yourself, right? Yeah, maybe, and and also just just the working with people in that environment. I mean, I had so I was working. Yeah, it was an ideal situation in so many ways. Small groups, about twelve probably, of you know interested young adults um 
who wanted to learn and we had a lot of fun and we did have a lot of conversation and it was just yeah a lot of fun and also a lot of colleagues who were in exactly my situation they didn't have responsibilities they didn't have to run home for their children all that sort of stuff which I you know was was my life much later on obviously um but we did have time to hang out together and to there was a lot of oh well, yeah I'm doing the present per- doing the present perfect tomorrow has anyone got any good ideas or whatever and oh have you tried this book have you tried that there's this resource and so we did have the internet but we did have each other and a lot of and books and uh, so I think that in lots of ways it was just that environment of this is really interesting and it's really fun and I can have a real laugh with the people in the class and it can be you know it can be really enjoyable and I can enjoy the people I'm working with and and I'm learning so much I mean I can remember learning about the rules of comparatives literally as I was teaching them and thinking "Hmm, how does that work oh it's like this which is terrible and I wouldn't recommend that as a you know way of 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 teaching or probably happens more than we think (laughs) yeah but it, it, it I was I, I say I was lucky because I had a lot of support I could easily I, I did also work in a couple of other schools you know, I worked in several schools while I was getting jobs you know patchworking jobs together and I did work in other schools which were basically just here's a classroom you're a native speaker there the students do something mm. and that was awful I mean it was it really awful. really really awful and I think it's very common I mean I'm sure that happens a lot yeah. too yeah. um so that that kind of experience would not have led I think me into the same path it wouldn't have been so enjoyable and it wouldn't have been such a good learning experience mm. and what's interesting is that it I think it's still very rare that people have that much support when mm. they start mm. no matter whether they are native or non-native speakers uh, I dare say that non-native speakers have a bit of a, an easier situation because they don't have to learn the grammar and how yeah. it works yeah. they often just understand it and it's a bit easier but yeah the, the market is quite competitive at the moment and um, there is no time for extra support for newly qualified teachers. Yeah. But and I think yeah, yeah. what you say as well is true. Yeah. People who, if you, if, if English is not your first language, then you've had the experience of, of learning it. So you know what the difficulties are and you've had a lot of experience of being in a classroom. Now that may have been a good or a bad experience for you, but you know, you have that experience. There is something that, yeah. I think is also, you know, is also helpful. Absolutely. But for people who, um, you know, maybe don't have enough support, there is ELT training. <laughs> there How is, indeed, there is. <sighs> you went, so you eventually, obviously, I mean, it is quite a natural thing for people who spend years in teaching that they eventually go into teacher training. Uh, I, I, I guess that that's what happened. And then somehow ELT training was born how did that happen (laughs) yeah so so my I got into teacher training kind of slowly it was definitely Mm. something I was interested in and after I did my diploma in in Australia um, again I was working in a very supportive school that had regular CPD meetings and a lot of the staff were encouraged to to do talks and to give talks and uh, workshops and what have you and so that's kind of where that started and that morphed into later becoming a, a CELTA trainer. And, and then I'd been at working at Solihull College, which is a fairly big 
further education college in the Midlands for some years at that point it would have been yeah probably about six or seven years by that point I'd got a young family got three boys three children uh, and when the youngest one went to school my I'd always had a, a 0.5 job a half-time job at Solihull College because I wanted to spend time with my children as well and actually I really take my hat off to anyone who works full time <laughs> and has children because that's really hard work um, and so I worked at 0.5 but I had my kids as well and when the youngest one went to school suddenly of course there was a little bit more time in my life yeah he wasn't there for at least six hours a day and I was still you know not so much time but a little bit more time and at that point I I felt I really I was really hungry for some more development so you know I always used to go to you know, our TEFL conferences every year that's my was always my favorite favorite week of the year but I felt like I'd really like some more development and in all honesty at that point I didn't see it as anything else other than my own personal development for my own mm. sense of interest honestly nothing else I was very happy at Sully Hole it was a you know 10 minute drive up the road for me so it was very convenient it was a nice environment had great colleagues um it suited me very well and I honestly didn't do the MA with a view to I want a better job or a different job I genuinely didn't uh, and I chose to do the MA at Warwick because I wanted to do it face to face I wanted mm -hmm. a face to face course I wanted to meet people I, I could have done it online but I really didn't want that and so I did it part-time over two years which again was a good decision I think because it gave me a lot of time to think and to read and not still as much as I would have liked, but, you know, more time at least. And I met a lot of people, a lot of fantastic people. The course at Warwick was so wonderful for me in, in terms of meeting the, the, the staff were fantastic. The, the other students that I met were from all over the world. I was pretty much the only person who was from the UK mm. and there were fantastic interesting people from all over with lots of really different experience of teaching so I learned so much from them and I decided to do my uh, I got interested then I was Russell Stannard was my tutor for an ICT mm. course and he was very inspirational too I don't know if you know his teach training videos uh, website so he was very inspirational and I'd, it got me thinking about a problem that we had at Solihull College, and that was that we had a lot of CELTA trainees who would come along, uh, who were you know in, had English as their first language, and were you know nice people with good qualifications. And I thought, yeah, you'll probably be a nice teacher, but you don't know what a noun is. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> It's kind of fundamental, you know, it's like if you're going to teach history, you've got to know the dates. Yeah. If you're going to teach English, you're going to have to know what a noun is. Now, I, I'm exaggerating. They probably did know what a noun was. But seriously, they probably didn't know what a preposition was. And they certainly didn't know what the present perfect was or an article or accountable. I can now. totally imagine that. Yeah. You know, it, it, just because we don't learn it in school in, in the UK. Mm. So, I, you know, I, I know that in many other European countries, I think most, you learn the grammar of your first language 
formally was that was that your case? no that wasn't really my experience oh, okay. no okay. no uh we learn a bit but I wouldn't I would okay. never be conf- confident enough to teach anybody Polish <laughs> okay that's really interesting that's interesting because um you know talking to anyway we certainly don't do that in the UK you know so I and you can kind of you learn it a little bit because of learning foreign languages I learned yeah. French and Spanish in school but I really didn't like them they were I found them looking back on it what the other teaching wasn't great um so this is the problem a lot of people come and they don't know this stuff and they have to know this stuff because there's mm. no space on CELTA to teach it. You've got to, you don't have to know everything in depth, but the more you know, the better. Of course. And it really helps if you've got a good grounding, at least. Mm. And so I wanted to run a course that would help people to do this. And suddenly that was the answer. Well, run an online course. So I ran the my dissertation for my MA was all about developing this course, which originally, my original plan, you see, was to have um, synchronous classes, because I was so strongly of the opinion that learning is about co-constructing yeah 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 yeah. And it's, you know and it's about doing it together and it's about a constructivist social constructivist approach this is absolutely embedded in everything that I knew from CELTA and from my teaching and from everything else you know and from my other learning in the MA so I was sure that synchronous classes would be the right way to go and I put out a um, an advert on Facebook and I said free come and do this course and I'll teach you all about grammar and people went yeah and 120 people signed up oh, wow and do you know how many people came to every class about five about five were you one of them <laughs> no I wasn't I, I kind of know how it works people yeah. are so happy to sign up for anything but then sure. if it's free why would you not yeah and um so then I started recording the classes so I ran another another um pilot and this time I recorded the classes and put the videos up and then I also started because the recordings for those were quite long and of course they involved lots of times when people were doing pair work or something so you know realistically there was nothing to listen to if you you know or watch it so I thought well I'll just make a video of the most important parts of it you know yeah and those videos were really popular mm. that was what people wanted so while they didn't come to the online classes and they sort of said things like oh I really wanted to but you know um but they did watch the videos and some of them watched really? them more than once and so I thought well that's that's the way to go and so that's how ELT training was born I I finished the course I developed that course as a sort of video-based course um and then I started selling it that's really amazing and how organic right I love the idea that it really was born as uh as an answer to some sort of a need that was obviously there um yeah that's really good and now it's obviously grown and you offer quite a few different things supporting even um, CELTA tutors and not only teaching people grammar, but also other things. So what what can people, what other things can people learn when they subscribe to your courses? 
Well, again, I mean, it's partly about building the business, isn't it? So I, my, when I first made this grammar course, I kind of very naively thought, because as a CELTA trainer, if somebody had said, here's a grammar course that you can recommend to somebody, I would just have recommended it because I didn't know of anything else. Actually, now I know that there were other things out there. Cactus, for example, used to run one, but I didn't know about it. Right. So I naively thought, if I just tell my CELTA trainer friends about this, they'll recommend it and it'll just sell itself. Right. But it doesn't quite work like that, does it? <laughs> I think to some extent, right? But yeah, to some extent, but you've got to, you know, you can't tell people stuff once. I suppose that's the bottom line, is it? You can't tell yeah. them once because they'll forget, you know? True. Um, and so then I decided, well, look, what I'll do is I'll make a video every month, once a month. Yeah, remember, I've still got three small children and a job at this point. So, you know, the time was fairly limited. Um, I'll make one video a month and I'll put that up on YouTube uh, for free. And I will send it out to, you know, I'll send a letter, an email then to all the CELTA centres that says, here's a new free video that your trainees might like. And by the way, <laughs> I also sell this grammar course and they might like that too. Um, and so that's what I did. And I did that for five years, once a month, very regularly. I was really disciplined about doing mm-hmm. it. Um, so you built your own audience, basically, thanks yeah. to that. Lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that and YouTube, again, was has been very kind to me because it's it bumps along the bottom for a long time, I think. And then it starts to take off. And you know, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, not, I wouldn't, wouldn't say I've got a great following, but I've got, I think, about 25,000 subscribers on YouTube wow. and, um, you know, had well over a million hits in total. So, I mean, it's nothing. I know this is nothing. This is tiny, tiny potatoes. Well, but for me, it all depends but, on your goals and it all depends how you see it. Because um, I I don't think it's necessarily about, I talk to people a lot about Instagram and followers and stuff like that. It's not necessarily about the number of people, but the number of people who actually then come and want to do your things and appreciate it. So, um, and I think people genuinely do, because all I see whenever you post is like messages of so much praise and gratitude, which is which is amazing. Um, I think you've been very generous with your content <laughs> over the years. How long has it been now, that uh, ELT training? Nearly. I'm coming up to my anniversary on January the 13th next year. It will be 10 years. Wow. I know. You know what's funny? My On the 14th of January, it's my 10th wedding anniversary. Oh, <laughs> right. I got married on the 15th of January, but I'm afraid I'm divorced. Oh, <laughs> But I'm that's only 20 years. Wow. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. And what's so the... nearly 10 years? Yeah. Mm, really good. So, what's the ultimate, or not, maybe not ultimate, but that the goal? Where are you going with it now? You've you now have become a freelancer. So presumably you want to focus on it a little bit more. Obviously, there yeah. is the online and online sell that's online assessments. This has opened a whole world of new opportunities but uh yeah, yeah it has it, i mean definitely the online stuff has, is is has opened a lot of opportunities but i have to say that despite the fact that you know i'm kind of online stuff is my bread and butter i'm i've particularly discovered over the last year or so i don't actually love 
doing stuff online in a synchronous way. Mm. So, for example, I Tefl this year, I was, you know, it's usually my favourite, favourite week of the year. I found it so sad to Ooh. do a talk online and in my bedroom <laughs> and, uh, and, and to meet some people. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it just yeah. was such a pale imitation of what it usually is. And, well, and so, there is just so much more to it than just the presentations. It's the networking, it's the atmosphere, it's everything. Isn't absolutely. It? It's so the drinks. Me, I found that really sad. And, I, and I've given a lot of online talks. This Sorry, I've got something noisy outside my window. Shall I shut up for a minute? The um, Yeah, so I've given a lot of online talks this year at conferences all over the world and that's kind of nice but it just ultimately here I am in my bedroom you know and I I, I kind of feel like I don't particularly want to go down that route too much mm. um, whereas I really love making the videos I really like it and it's I think the other thing for me is because it's another real learning curve you know I've I've learned over 10 years I've learned so much about screencasting and I'm still really learning all the time about how to make them look better how to make them sound better what to include in them how to make them more engaging because obviously it's a form of teaching and it's a different mm -hmm. form of teaching from being in the classroom I know how to engage people in a classroom exactly. I, I think I'm reasonably successful at that I've got <laughs> evidence that I'm reasonably successful at that but, but I those videos are a different story videos are a different thing and so you know, I, that, that, that I find that fascinating. Um, and I think that that perhaps that is really where I want to now focus over the next, you know, few years. I mean, the website now earns enough to keep me. So that's really nice. That's really uh, and I'm not particularly ambitious, but it's always nice, of course, to, to earn enough to be comfortable. And I think the other thing about the money that ELT training earns me is that it feels very special money. It feels like this is a person who has put their hand in their pocket very directly and said, you are worth my money. Here you go. Oh. That is a very uh, sincere <laughs> way of praising your work. Actually. I'm going to quote you on that because this is beautiful world words mm -hmm. and I feel it's quite inspirational, especially mm -hmm. for my audience here who are aspiring teachers and business owners and course creators and content creators who yeah. are sometimes intimidated by the fact that how can I be competitive versus a language school or how can I be competitive versus like, you know, Udemy or things mm -hmm. like that, like courses on some big mm -hmm. platforms. Mm -hmm. You can because mm -hmm. people buy from people and okay. you have your own like you show up and show your value mm -hmm. in the work that you do and that's how people start trusting you and you are the living example of that so that's quite amazing yeah I, I mean I think that is true I think it is important not to it's really easy to get sucked down that rabbit hole of oh my word so and so who I know is really great has put up a course or I mean, all the CELTA preparation stuff. When I started, there was nothing. Now there are quite a few people yes. who are running CELTA preparation courses and it's a limited market, you know. Um, but I think you just have to go, well, this is what I offer and I do my best. And if people like me and they want to learn from me, then great. And if they find somebody else's approach better, then 
they're not silent. Then they're not your perfect clients, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Pepsi and Coke both coexist. They're both some people like one, some people like the other. It's okay, you know. Exactly, precisely. I think it's the right mindset to have because mm-hmm. otherwise, it, yeah, the comparing um, can be quite dangerous and quite daunting. I think it's it's, yeah. it's always yeah. good to focus just on what you do and how you offer value to the market. Yeah. Um, yeah, while it is like, obviously, this is one of the most um, common things that people, oh, this is such a saturated market. It mm-hmm. is, but to be honest, when you actually think about it, is there that is there that much that is actually valuable? Mm-hmm. The fact that there is so much doesn't mean that it's all worth our attention. Yeah, yeah sure, it? absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's interesting. And I suppose the other thing for me, so one is the actual making the videos. And I think also I'm planning on starting to run a group program probably from early next year to help people to make screencast videos. Yes. Because I think that that's something that I do have something to say about. I think I've got you know, 10 years of experience and I've learned a lot in the process. And I would really like a small group of people where I really liked working with the MA modules because they were short and you could work with people to an end product in that case usually an assignment and I can see how this could be something similar where you could work with people and give them input and work towards something practical at the end where people were making screencasts of their own that were better than the ones they were making before whatever standard that was and I'm going to add that there is so much need for that mm -hmm, as well now yeah Um, this this is great this is exciting yeah it is exciting and and it's still it's been an idea in my head for some time and it's one of those things that I have a couple of other things to get in place before I start it but I do think that that is something that I've got to grasp the metal and yeah and also even dealing I I've noticed your posts because obviously it's good to first ask the audience if they would need that and I've seen quite a lot of your things and it's interesting what people have been saying and how they think, oh, it's not going to make me enough money or it's actually like the things that you think are quite basic are going to be an absolutely new world for some people and they're going to need the basics to mm-hmm. start if that's if that's their plan. So yeah. I totally, I think it's going to be yeah, a re- really good product. I, 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 I'm kind of quite excited about it, yeah. So that's my, that's my next... Um, my next big plan wonderful wonderful yeah guys keep your eyes peeled onto yes, yes, training do, do. I, so I, yeah sorry yes no carry on what were you saying so I always ask my guests at the end of the podcast one question how do you stand out in ELT oh yeah <laughs> I saw that question on the bottom of your list and I thought well that's a it's a bit of a difficult question because it requires a bit of hubris to start with, doesn't it? It's, it's oh, assumed, that's the point. <laughs> it assumes that I do stand out in the LT. And um, whilst I, you know, I fully understand that, you know, you've got to believe in yourself, otherwise nobody else is going to believe in you. I'm still always delighted and a little bit surprised if anybody at a conference, for example, comes up to me and says, oh, you're Joker Conga. Um, so I'm not entirely sure how how will I stand out if I do it's because I shout about myself quite a lot um I I think that I hope that I um provide 
input which is useful and practical I'm really you know about the practical I'm about does it work can I use this uh, but perhaps with a smattering of you know grounded principles theoretical principles because obviously I've been working in a university for mm. the last seven years and so that's really that pervades a lot of my thinking mm-hmm. uh and that I can do that in a way which is friendly and accessible and would want would people would want to listen to I suppose mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's how I would hope to be I like that I like that I like that yeah it's it's obviously you know I know it's it's very hard to talk about your own strengths and how you stand out exactly it assumes that you do stand out because but otherwise I wouldn't have invited you so <laughs> I'm going to add that it's um, also your friendly, exactly, approachable personality. The fact that you do have a status of an expert Mm -hmm. and people do like the combination of the two. Mm -hmm. And um, on top of everything, you're just such a lovely person. (laughs) I try. (laughs) I'm sure there are people you could find who wouldn't agree with you, but... Then they don't have to watch it, then you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that is something that I really have got thicker skinned about. I mean, the vast, vast majority of things that I um put out there get very positive responses. But occasionally, you know, I, I do tend to speak in a fairly measured way, I think. And a couple of times I've got people, oh, please speed up a bit, or boring, or and I think, well, that's fine. It's just okay. switch me off. Yeah. Switch off, speed up your blood no, videos no. on YouTube. There is if an option. If you don't like me, then there are a thousand other exactly. teacher trainers you can go and listen to. Go and find someone that turns you on, you know. Exactly. So I, I, I've really become much more, I, I can't say it doesn't make me go, oh, a bit, because it does, it always does. But mainly I just kind of go, well, yeah. it's not my problem, it's yours. I mean, find somebody else that exactly. you like. It's it's none of your business what people think about you. Um, and I think you are there to serve people who want to and like to listen to that. So and that's not to say that you can't, you know, listen to constructive feedback. You know, sometimes people give you stuff that's helpful, but but I think that not being worried about just doing something, I think that's the big one, is not be afraid to just do something, have a go at something. You might think, like I'm, I'm toying with the idea of doing some Instagram videos at the moment and I'm feeling a bit nervous about it. Um, but I just think, well, just try. What's the worst thing that can happen? Nobody can watch What's the worst thing? Exactly. The my my favourite mantra, says, exactly. My favourite mantra of the last few week, weeks is, what if it works? Mm-hmm. What if it's amazing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as opposed to what if yeah, whatever, yeah. it doesn't, it fails. I get judged and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important thing. Oh, this was such an inspiring chat. And I loved getting to know you better and um, hearing about your story. I found it quite like, it, this is quite incredible that best ideas come from that wow, this is what people really need. Mm. Um, this is like p- probably all the best inventions have been. <laughs> in- and it's interesting actually now, because I mean, as you say, I've got quite a lot of other things still now that I 
saw people having problems with language analysis and concept checking and and teaching grammar communicatively that's my for, for more experienced teachers that's my my new course so I've got lots of other things but actually the the, the core of my business still is grammar for language teachers that's the one that people obviously you know, it, yeah. it really did fill a niche I think mm, mm, good one so do you have anything to plug do you want people to go anywhere to follow and check anything that is new out or obviously yeah, remembering please. that yeah sure. you're going to be doing your screencasting absolutely so uh do go to the website have a look at elt-training.com and there's lots of things there for novice teachers and for more experienced teachers my new course is teaching grammar communicatively uh, which I hope will give you the tools to stop lecturing about grammar and oh, I love it in a way that's going to be yeah your learners are going to love so that of course I'm, I'm very proud of and look out for my new course, the my new group program, which will be something a bit different for me. Group program, and that will be will be advertising that the next month or so uh, about screencasting for educators. So if you're somebody who feels like you'd like to make screencasts for any kind of education purposes, whether that's your own classroom or whether it's for social media for a business whatever then then I can I can definitely help you and I have a newsletter that comes out every week on a Sunday morning that I've just started up again I had a bit of a break over the summer mm -hmm. so if you sign up on the website then you'll get my newsletter every every week to something for your Sunday morning coffee exactly fantastic that sounds so good amazing guys go and check it out it's worth it no matter if you are a newly qualified teacher or an experienced teacher, you're always going to find value. I'm a CELTA trainer and I literally reference back to uh, Joe's videos and Joe's resources. I recommend them to my trainees. So that's like, that's, that's, if, if somebody comes from those recommendations, they're my trainees. <laughs> I make sure I do it that's because great. there isn't, there isn't just that much good material there and not um, and also what's good about your materials is that there is so much in one um, <laughs> and people don't have to go and look for other things. So that's all really good. Thank okay. you so much for this Thank chat, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to chat to you. Yes, exactly. And to you. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, please as always, rate, review, subscribe. Um, let us know what you what you thought. Um, leave your leave your comments uh on my instagram or under this um episode on uh on bus sprout and thank you so much as always and until next time bye bye being a teacher is your superpower you know how to do it but developing a business mindset and business skills can be tricky. So if you're a bit lost or maybe fed up with figuring it all out on your own, don't worry. I've created this podcast and other free resources to help you. Follow me on Instagram for a daily dose of education, energy, motivation and fun. If you're interested in working with me, please get in touch and I'll be very happy to tell you about ways of working with me. Don't be a stranger, say hello from time to time on social media. I love getting to know you better. You're my ELT tribe. And for now, bye and until next time. <laughs>